All right, guys, hello, and welcome into the 60 Feet 6 Inches LSU pod, and thank you for joining me. If you're listening on audio for the first time to the 60 Feet 6 Inches LSU pod, it is available on Apple, Google, Spotify, and other audio platforms. While this episode will be podcast only, please go and check out the 60 Feet 6 Inches LSU pod YouTube channel. Make sure to subscribe to the channel, hit the like button, comment, and hit that notifications bell. And on Twitter, I am at 60FT6IN. LSU pod. I know it's kind of a horrible Twitter handle, but that's all I could do just to separate it. So make sure you follow the Twitter handle, set your notifications and interact with me as well. So today I'm lucky. I'm very pleased to be joined by Jack Leo, who covers the Georgia baseball team for Dog Nation. You can follow Jack on Twitter. His handle is at the Leo report, the LEO report. And also you can follow his work on dognation.com. Jack, I appreciate it, man. Welcome in. Thank you for joining me here on the 60 Feet, 6 Inches LSU podcast. Hey, Chris. Yeah, I'm, I'm excited to be here. Thanks for having me. Yeah, and let's uh, let's just kind of go ahead and get right into it. Um, and we were discussing a little bit before I started recording. I think this is an important series for both teams with Georgia coming in at 11-7 and seven and second SEC East and LSU sitting at 10-8 and eight and they are tied for third in SEC West. And I discussed this earlier on my preview episode on the 60 feet, six inches LSU uh, YouTube channel and, and just the importance of this series for LSU, but from the Georgia side, how, how important do you think this series is for them? Oh man, I, I think it's huge. I mean, you, you look at um, not this week, but the next two weeks for Georgia as well, because they go from LSU, you know, they, they, they host Vandy next weekend and then it's, um, you know, off to Knoxville to play the number one team in the country. So it's like, man, you get a series win here you can afford to drop a couple games over the next couple weeks, right? I mean, but beyond that, I mean, in a national implication, when you start looking at seeding for the uh, for the tournament for both of these teams, right? You know, um, this is the kind of this is the kind of series that, that puts you in a better position, absolutely. No, I totally agree. And from the LSU side, they uh, they have an easier, a much easier back half than Georgia does. I was looking at y'all's right. remaining schedule, and I'm sure both coaches have uh, told the teams how important this series is, but. They're, you know, Georgia's the 11th ranked team in the country, and obviously, like you mentioned, projected to host a regional by many sites. <clears throat> so, you know, just kind of give my listeners an idea. Has this season met expectations for the team and for the fan base so far? You know, has it exceeded them or, or you, know, you know, what were the expectations for this season? I mean, I think you see a lot of, of veteran guys come back um, with this team, and I'll jump into that a little bit later, but it's like you – they've got a lot of these guys coming back and you expect obviously a lot when you have all of these, you know, this leadership, right. But um, preseason expectations were a bit different than expectations a week and a half into the season uh, when Georgia, like a lot of teams lost uh, two of their top four starters, uh, starting pitchers, oh, wow. you know? Um, and suddenly it's like, well, you know, now we, now we got to make some calls on the fly. Right. So, um, you know, but I mean, they're still running strong, right? Like you said, I mean, second in the SEC East. Um, I think they got a top five RPI ranking right now, top 15 in the nation. I mean, it, it's, I mean, as far as the national implications go, hosting a regional, what can you really complain about? Is, is how I see it. No, and obviously I see, I saw their ranking, but when I was digging into some stuff, and I, that's kind of the first time I've checked out their RPI and strength of schedule, it was a lot higher than I thought. And I really noticed that um, their out-of-conference strength of schedule was really way up there, like maybe 12th or something, and LSU's in the hundreds. Mm. So I, who do they usually play, and uh, I guess what, what's kind of helped that out? I know this question's a little bit off the fly, but you know, what, what's contributed to that strength of schedule, I guess? 
Um, I think a big thing was they played Georgia Tech um, at the beginning of the year. They had a three-game series okay. there. Now, they did drop it. Um, they, they lost that one, but they've played Georgia Tech. Um, they played Clemson a couple times. Uh, let's, see, let's see, Georgia Southern, they played them three times. Just um, just really competitive uh, games really since the start of the year. I mean, it's been, it's been competition all the way through. Now, we know – both of us know the uh, rigors of the SEC schedule, and you alluded to that earlier – and as we said, 11-7, second behind Tennessee in the East. Now, if you, if you kind of just really focus in on their SEC schedule so far, how do you think – and I know conference can be tough. How do you think they've played in conference up until this point? Well, it's funny. I mean, because they've won um, the majority of their series. I think they're 4-6 and six in SEC series right now. But the ones – even some of the ones they've won, they've had some really ugly losses. Um, I think they're the only team that's given up like 20 plus runs in the game. They've done it twice, but I mean, you know, you sweep Florida, right? You, you, you win a couple big series uh, here and there. They just beat Alabama, you know, in Tuscaloosa. I mean, again, second in the sec East, you know, no, I hear you. Um, just to remind y'all, we're being joined by Jack Leo of dog nation. Make sure to go follow Jack on Twitter. His handle is at the Leo Report, and check his workout on DogNation.com. All right, Jack, you mentioned it. You kind of it was a great lead-in right here in terms of the pitching staff. Now I was digging to the, some of those stats, and uh, it was crazy. So I have to ask you, kind of, what's going on with that staff this year? You mentioned a little bit earlier, but if you could really expand on that. So they are last in the SEC in terms of ERA. They have a seven-plus ERA. And as you said, they've given up 23 runs, 20 runs, 18 runs in games this year. But yet again, they're 11th in the country. So, man, what is going on with that staff? It is something special because, I mean, you look at the guy who leads that staff off with Jonathan Cannon. He's got the best ERA in the SEC, you know. And, I mean, it's like – but when Cannon's not on the mound, it's been a lot tougher to get wins. You know, they've had to scrap a lot more. Um, especially when you lose, like I said, you lost the number three and the number four starter uh, to elbows, like season-ending elbow inju- in injuries, sorry, at the beginning of the year. And um, so you got to start bringing bullpen guys in to start games, and it's it's just been it's been crazy. I mean, even in this last game they played um, this week with Georgia State, I believe they had eight pitchers out there. I mean, it's been – it's been a lot. Yeah, and um, it looks like they use their bullpen, and we'll touch on the bullpen in a second, but they're not afraid to use their pen, and they really get into it kind of how LSU does. And LSU's really got five guys. They'll just roll out there out the pen and just kind of mix and match. Um, so you touched on him earlier, but Jonathan Cannon is a dude. I mean, <laughs> I, I went over his stat lines, and I was a pitcher, and I'm just blown away by this guy. So let me remind the audience here. So far in SEC play, he has a 0.69 ERA, a 133 batting average against, 12 hits, two earned runs, and only two walks. I, I would walk two guys in an inning. I mean, what makes this guy so special? Gosh, I mean, where do you start? I mean, he's he's got all the stuff. I mean, and, and this is this is the thing. It's developed over the years. But I'll tell you, the biggest thing that makes a difference between a good year last year and a just an absolutely mind-blowing season this year, right, is his cutter. Um, he was talking about this on, on an ESPN broadcast recently where um, he, he kind of wanted another pitcher for lefties, right? And he realized that if he could kind of develop his cutter in the offseason going into this year, that could be that pitch where, you know, 
you get the cutter working well, obviously the fastball and the changeup are just that much more effective. And that's exactly what it's been this year, where um, he's been able to locate his pitches really well, especially that cutter, on, you know, on lefties and just jam guys. I mean, the amount of the amount of foul balls that he's put on, you know, and just just gets into counts easy, gets ahead of counts, obviously, and just. Um, that cutter's a big thing. So I think when you when you look at battles with guys like Jacob Berry and Trey Morgan and Josh Pearson, some of these big lefties, I mean, those are going to be the most um, interesting matchups for me to watch. Man, you hit that. That is interesting. So I didn't know. I watched some highlights of him, and um, you know, look, I couldn't tell if it was a slider or a cutter. But that's interesting. You said that because for the first time, I saw Missouri last weekend really pounded the LSU lefties in. And just like you said, Trey Morgan, he stands right on top of the dish. And he doesn't really pull the ball. Barry's a switch hitter, so he'll be hitting from the left side. You have Joe Bear, who's a big power guy. And then you have Pearson, Pearson, who's a freshman, who's kind of coming along. But So that's uh, – there you go, audience. There's some little pearls, some little wisdom right there from our man. Um, that's interesting because I did not know that. So now do you think – he was on a pitch count last weekend coming off of injury, and he went five perfect against Alabama, so no sweat, right? Is he going to be on a pitch count this weekend as well? Honestly, I'm not sure. Um, okay. I know um, there have been other pitchers in the past who have, you know, the ones who have come up this year, they've been on the pitch count for a couple weeks. But, honestly, Cannon was great after a week after his injury, and they just took another week precautionary, like for precautionary reasons. So there's a good shot that that's it for him. I mean, I, I couldn't tell you Okay, and and how do you expect the weekend rotation to roll out in terms of uh, Friday, Saturday, Sunday? Right, so it'll be Nolan Crisp on Friday, okay. and then Cannon on Saturday, and then uh, Liam Sullivan, who is the other guy who's been a starter all year, another guy who got injured as well, who will um, who will you know finish, finish the weekend. Is there is there any reason? And I noticed Cannon pitched because I, I assumed he was a Friday night guy and I had to rework some stuff. But is there any reason why they throw him? On Saturday, is it one of those things where they try to steal the Friday night game and they know they have him kind of in that marble game on Saturday? Or, or is that just a comfort level? I mean, is there anything to that? You know, I mean, I would say maybe except he start, he's been the Friday year starter all year until he got hurt. Okay. So I think they took the Saturday just to give him another day would be my guess. And, um, I mean, Nolan Crisp, and he's, he's come out of the bullpen and been an incredible starter. I mean, he, he's done so well on Friday right now. I think they were just like, yeah, maybe we can steal it, so. Um, yeah, I got you. And then on Sunday, you mentioned Sullivan, who's coming off injury, but he's left-handed. And uh, I will let you know, LSU is the worst hitting team in the SEC versus left-handed pitching. It has been, it's been atrocious, and it's it's not been, and it's been bad. You know, Hagen Smith from Arkansas, who's their Saturday uh, starter, he was freshman of the week versus LSU. He absolutely dealt, and he's a lefty. So, real quick, what is um, say LSU happens to get the Friday night game, and then. I just think it's going to be so tough to beat Cannon. I just I can't see that happening. So what can they expect from Sullivan on Sunday? You know, stuff wise and everything. Sure. So Sullivan, I mean, he's he's got he's got the stuff when it comes to. I mean, it really comes down to location a lot for him. I feel okay. like, um, which isn't anything you know, groundbreaking, but he's he's had his ups and downs. I mean, he's the talented guy. He had a lot of success last year. Um, you know, in his first year of a lot of action. Um, he's, he's a bona fide starter, but this year he's had, like I said, he's had his ups and downs. It's kind of been like an any given day kind of year for him. I got you. And, but then the two guys in the back of the pen, LSU's kind of, LSU has three, but it looks like Georgia. I mean, they have the, the best closer in the SEC, in my opinion. So you have 
Um, I hope I'm saying his name right. Is it Jack Gowan? Did they pronounce it Gowan? Okay. Yes, yeah, Gowan. So you have Jack Gowan who has eight saves. And then Jaden Woods, too. Now it's Woods. Now he's left-handed. And his stats are phenomenal. I think he's got 36 innings pitched, yep, and 57 strikeouts, which is disgusting. Yeah. Is Woods a bridge to Gowan or like a setup close type role? Or, or how do they work those two guys at the end of the game? Yeah, so, sometimes. I think um, especially on Fridays, you know, when – when neither one of those guys have really gotten any action yet. If it's a close game, um, especially if Cannon's pitching on Saturday, they will, you know, they'll they'll send uh, Woods out there and then they'll bridge Gowan. But sometimes Woods will close. Um, I will say the one thing about Woods, he's a strikeout machine, but, he, you know, he throws hard and he's given up nine home runs this year. Okay. Um, so he, he's he struggled a little bit on that front, but um, – Obviously, still still a really talented pitcher, and um, man, he pumps the gas. And then Gallon, I mean, if Cannon wasn't on this team, he would by far be the best arm, in my opinion. <laughs> but um, yeah. are, both, are both those guys like, you know, everybody throws hard now, where it's like everybody throws mid to upper 90s. And right. LSU has a couple too, but are those guys, Gallon and Woods, are they mid to upper 90s as well? Are we going to see the radar gun just blow up this weekend? I think it depends. Because um, with, with Woods, yeah, pretty much. Um, okay. I'll tell you, both well, Sorry, both Woods and Gallon have had times this year where they've been kind of asked to stretch two or three innings, um, especially Gallon. Gallon's done three innings a couple times, um, uh. which as a closer, I mean, that's that's pretty incredible, I think. But, um, yeah, he's. I think they're both mid-90s guys. I think Woods can pump, can pump, you know, a little bit higher when he wants to. You know, I think it depends on how much work you've got to do. So Interesting, interesting. Yeah, and just uh, – for you, LSU's got a guy, um, Eric Razelman. So he'll right. he's kind of moved into a setup role, but he'll um, he'll pump it up ninety six, and every now and then he'll touch ninety nine. So uh, that'll be interesting to see. I, I I can't wait to see Woods from the left. You don't you rarely see that guy throwing that hard from the left, but um, hmm. that'll be good to see. So just a reminder for everybody out there, we're being joined by Jack Leo of Dog Nation. Make sure to go and follow Jack on Twitter. He is at the Leo Report, and check out his work on DogNation.com. All right, Jack, we've kind of gone over the pitchers. Let's let's take a look at some of their hitters. Now, what I noticed was they don't hit a ton of home runs, you know, throughout the lineup. And they're they're kind of prone to the strikeout in terms of a lot of guys kind of have a three to one strikeout to walk ratio. But they've really swung it well in the SEC. I think they're right up in the top three in a lot of hitting categories. And it looks like they're led by Connor Tate. Yes. So from an offensive standpoint, who are some of the names? that LSU fans should be worried about this weekend? Well, I mean, Connor Tate, that's that's the number that's one him. guy, you know. <laughs> I mean, and, and anyone who watches enough SEC baseball has seen the guy. He's 23 years old. He's been around the program as long as anybody. <laughs> one might call him. He's been around as long as Stetson Bennett. You, <laughs> you know, he um, he's, he leads the team in hits. He leads them in batting average, and he leads them in, in two-backers as well. I mean, he's, he's that guy you need to hit, you know, but – um, ben Anderson, another veteran. He's he's the center fielder. He's the leadoff guy, and um, you know, as, as any leadoff guy does, he just finds his way out base. Um, and he's got he's got some pop too. He's got some power. He's got four triples on the year, um, which again speaks to the speed, speaks to the power. Uh, so Ben Anderson, another guy to look for. Um, Parks Harbor um, has been playing a lot of third recently. Um, he's been he's been swinging it pretty well. I think he leads the team with 39 RBIs. So especially when you got ducks in the pond, I mean, Parks is the guy to look to. Okay. Um, and then Corey Collins is one more. He's he would be the slugger. You know, he's the guy. He's got nine home runs on the year. Um, you know, he 
also leads the team in strikeouts as the sluggers do. <laughs> you know, I mean, the trade-off, I guess. But he's he's your slugger to watch. So, and that is that is one thing I noticed. They um, they do a really good job with hitting the baseball with runners on scoring position. Does Georgia? And I found this stat. They actually lead the conference um, hitting with bases loaded. They're hitting almost 500 with the bases mm-hmm. loaded. So uh, LSU's definitely, you know, from a pitching perspective, they got to execute pitches when they have men on base because Georgia obviously takes advantage of that. So, um, okay. So from your perspective then, what do you think Georgia needs to do this weekend to come away with a series win? Yeah. Well, I think despite the fact that Cannon's on Saturday, they're not putting pitch in the ace. Um, on Friday, or sorry, yeah, on Friday, game one. I mean, that's that's where it is, you know. I mean, <laughs> again, yep, nice yep. and ground broken there, but it's like if Nolan Crisp, who, who has been this, you know, he's a scrappy guy, but he, he finds the location, he finds <clears> the spots. And if, if he can if he can do that, and LSU doesn't jump out on him, it's it's gonna be tough, you know, because I I'll, I'll second what you said earlier. I no, nobody in the SEC has beaten Gannon yet, and nobody's really come close. Um, but if LSU can jump out like they do against, you know, the last two games of Florida, you know, the way they jumped out against Mississippi State, if they can do that, man, you know, game three is up in the air. But, mm. I mean, if I'm an LSU fan, I'm kind of marking game two off the, off the series. So no, game one, game yeah. huge. I totally agree, and that's, and that's what I said. I mean, sometimes they've lacked a sense of urgency this year, and I think – when you're staring at that guy on Saturday, <laughs> the coaches aren't going to say it, but they're thinking it. They need to go and get Friday. Right. Be- because the other thing, too, is I'm tired of saying it, but they just don't hit lefties well. And if you, if you mess around and you let Sullivan get in a rhythm and all of a sudden it's the fifth or the sixth, and then you're staring at Woods and Gowan coming in, that's a tough proposition right there. You know, if, if, if they're, I would, I would imagine if, if, Scott Strickland, those guys are in a chance to take the series. Then they just might they may shut Sullivan down early and just go with the pin. I, I guess. No, it, it's entirely possible. I mean, and and like I said, Sullivan. I mean, especially sometimes when he gets into those later innings, you know, the best stuff is gone. That's when it starts to to fall. Um, another lefty, I would say, since you know you're hitting lefties, Luke Wagner is another guy out of the pen who has been man. He's been really good. I mean, he started. He's another guy like Chris, who's kind of started some of those games. He's been great as a starter. He's been great, you know, as a reliever. Um, definitely a, another guy to watch. All right. But I, I guess on the flip side then, if uh, if we were to talk on Monday and I said LSU took two out of three, is there anything you may be able to pinpoint, I mean, besides the Friday night game, which we both agree is huge, that may have gone wrong for Georgia? Like LSU, just to give you an example, LSU has a tendency to kick the ball around. They're last in the SEC in fielding percentage. So, and the errors always seem to come at an inopportune time. Is there anything – that you're worried about with Georgia coming into the weekend to where if they do lose the series, you may be able to uh, – I had a feeling that was going to happen going in. Anything like that out there? I, I think it would just be not not getting guys on early. Um, there have been times where they might – and they might even get one or two runs, but then they'll give up four or five and they won't get another across for the rest of the game. But if it's not that, they just won't get guys on early and they're playing from behind. And I mean, shoot, this last weekend, I mean, they, they beat Alabama, but they scored, let me count real quick, a total of seven runs the whole weekend. I mean, yeah. a lot of that comes from, I mean, you, you talked about it earlier with runners in scoring position, Georgia is a great hitting team. They just are. It's just getting those guys, getting those guys on in the first place. 
I got gotcha. you. All right, man. Well, Jack, listen, uh, I cannot let you go without a serious prediction. I have a feeling which way you're leaning. <laughs> but I can't. I would be, be remiss if I didn't ask you. So uh, where do you think this thing is going? I need a serious prediction from you. I, I think LSU is going to going to win game three, but I just can't – I can't – again, I can't see Georgia losing game two. And I think Nolan Crisp is as good as he's ever looked. I, I'm taking Georgia game one, game two, so I think they got the series. All right, then. Well, fair balance here. I picked LSU to win two out of three, but <laughs> but I, I see him taking game one and game three. I think we both agree. And I'll be honest, from a pure baseball perspective, I can't wait to watch Cannon pitch on Saturday. I had planned to go out to the game, um, but who knows how I feel. But uh, I'm, I'm just, I just like watching guys that can throw it compete, you know, on the mound. So that'll be interesting to see. So. All right, Jack, man, uh, that'll do it for us here. I can't thank you enough for spending some time with us today here on the 60 Feet, 6 Inches LSU podcast and giving us a Georgia perspective on the series this weekend. Once again, guys, make sure to check out Jack on Twitter. He is at the Leo Report and also on dognation.com. Also, make sure to check out the Georgia preview episode I just released today on the 60 Feet, 6 Inches LSU YouTube channel. It's also available in podcast form on all major audio platforms. So that'll do it. Jack, thanks again, man. I appreciate it. And uh, everybody, have a great weekend.